Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sears podcast. Maria and Evan back again today with another guest. So without further ado, take it away and introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Lindsay Fostinis Quivetos, and I'm coming to you today from Sacramento, California. And it's so awesome to connect with Evan and Maria. I just wanted to say, firstly, thank you so much for creating this space where we can all talk about something that is such a shared passion, even coast to coast, Greek dancing. I live here in Sacramento with my husband and my two children. Um, And I grew up in a small but mighty community in Modesto. It's about an hour from Sacramento. So after I got married and moved here, it wasn't too far from home Um, and have been involved in Greek dance and teaching for the better part of my life. So, so excited to connect and talk about shared experiences today. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We are so happy to have you here and excited to learn your story. Um, so we're actually learning this story firsthand as well. We haven't heard this yet. So um, so as always, we want to jump right into it and we want to we want to get to know you. Um, we want to awesome. know how it all began. We want to know what drives you and you know what what brought you to this point where you know, you would uh, start a bar fight over Greek dance, right? <laughs> and I would. I would throw down, okay? Don't step Everyone on Everyone that group. dances in my groups, they know that. Like, back off. Like, we got this. <laughs> I love it. Very passionate. So I think, like, um, just a little bit of backstory. Like, I was actually born in Alaska to two Texan parents. My parents... Um, moved to Alaska to Anchorage after they got married. So I was born there, um, which is kind of a unique thing and lived there for about five years. There's a very small but passionate Greek community in Alaska too. Um, My mom is not Greek. My dad is Greek, but um, not really ethnically connected to anything. I don't think he's ever Greek danced in his life except for at (laughs) my my wedding when I had to teach him. So that that was fun. Um, and then from there, we moved to Castro Valley and then from there to Modesto. So I've been kind of all over the place in terms of, of California, but really proud to be from a very small community in Alaska, too. I, ne- I never always want to forget that that's where we came from, because that's where my mom really started to have a connection to the Greek heritage and really started to understand a little bit more what it was about. And um, when we moved to Modesto, very fortunate to have joined a community that had a very strong foundation in Greek dance already. It wasn't like it was a fledgling program. By then the FDF had been around for a long time and we were very fortunate to have um, in our community, a woman by the name of Dina Stamos, a very cherished memory, who was sort of a pioneer in Greek dance research and um, the totality of a performance, right? Like from having really excellent music to really well-made costumes to very authentic dance steps. She Um, really thought that it would be great to have one group that was strong, but unless you had all the groups that were foundationally set up to be successful, you couldn't really call yourself a successful program. So when I joined, I was five years old and it was about the time when everybody kind of gets started and was very fortunate to have directors that had been dancing for a long time, um, a whole community of costumes that we could pick from. And it was just a great foundation to be able to join a community that had supported Greek dance for a very long time. It wasn't like something groundbreaking, like let's try to do this or like let's Mm -hmm. create a group where there wasn't anything before. There was this really um, healthy respect for it and everybody participated. So it was just kind of like, oh, you're new here. Great, here, sign up and start dancing. Okay. Yeah. Um, So when I think of Modesto and totally correct me if I'm (laughs) wrong, but I think of like Bondos and men's group because um, now uh, Deacon Yanni, Right. right. Um, I remember being at Ionian Village with him when I was on med staff and like he was talking about FDF and um, we had some Pontic musicians come to Ionian Village to do like a session uh-huh. with the kids who probably uh-huh. have come to your church countless times. 
And it was like yeah. such a family. And I was like, it's so funny because Evan was just teaching Bondos today too at St. George. So I feel like this is the awesome. perfect day to have you on the show. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And then all, also all like underlying. So yes, all coming together. It really is a very small Greek world, isn't it? Even <laughs> in the States, it's amazing. Like you've got a country as big as Greece, but then you come to America and somehow you've got a shared connection, which is so beautiful. And yeah. in the simplicity of that. Yeah. Deacon Yanni, shout out. That's um, so crazy. <laughs> and then like Modesto is a very Cretan community. So like oh, ethnically, yeah, there's so many that came from Crete um, that after they immigrated to America came to like work in the coal mines in Wyoming and then would immigrate from there to Modesto. Of course, how everybody kind of goes where their families are. So there's a very healthy um, and thriving Cretan community. But Nico Savidis, who lived in Modesto for a time, is Pontian. He's, you know, one of the, the foremost experts in Pontian dancing today. Um, took one of the groups, the Spartans, and said, I'm going to teach you guys Pontic. And it was at the time, I was like, what is that? Like, nobody knows this. Well, this music is wild. Like, what are we doing? We're shaking our shoulders. I was very young at the time, but I remember, like, the first time they performed it, everybody was just like, what did we just see? Like, this is a game changer. So they were kind of the first ones to introduce that at FDF and did very well with it and have, were pioneers there. So it's, again, like, going back to Mrs. Stamos, like, really always looking for that new thing, that that region that hadn't been performed. Like, we're not just going to be doing the same old stuff. Like, let's push the envelope and really get some new material in here to bring it. And so people can start, you know, we can start connecting on, on what's new and then like build a foundation that way. You know, she was never content to just be like, okay, like let's do X, Y, and Z dance. It was always, let's find something else that we can bring to the table and really be those, those researchers and those pioneers in introducing the material. That's so cool. That's awesome. So yeah. you said that you joined um, you joined the program when you were five. Yes. That's when you started. So was that your first kind of um, introduction to Greek dance and Greek culture, or had you seen it, at, you know, in Alaska at all? As, you know what? I think I was. Form? Yeah. Yeah. Not. I mean, not I know you're young at that point. <laughs> right. 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 I, I think there's been a couple of festivals, but I was too young to really participate. So when. We came down to Modesto and this was, you know, we were going to be living. That was really like my first introduction to it, for sure. Did you, when you started dance, did you just, I mean, did you love it right off the bat or was it something that kind of grew over time? You know what, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I first started doing <laughs> ballet, I was like, this is not dance. What are, <laughs> what are you trying to teach me? Like, what are these instruments? This is not a piano or a violin or anything beautiful. Like, where's my tutu? My mom was like, well, it's a little bit different, Lindsay. You're going to have to give it a chance. And so then it was kind of like, you know, like so many of us, we join, we have our little parea, we're all holding hands. They showed me that I got to wear a beautiful pink Amalia costume. And I was like, okay, Sold. I can do this. <laughs> Sold. And then I remember, it's such a funny thing that you asked about my first exposure because it was like, there were so many groups at the time. I think there was like six and it you know ranged from like adults down to, to us tiny guys. And... I just remember looking at the stage when they were doing the Samigo at the festival and being like, oh my gosh, like this is power. Like this is like a definition of power. Like you're not gonna see anybody stronger, cooler, doing flips, doing jumps over each other. And the kefi was like contagious. And I was such a small yeah. little girl, but even then I'll never forget that impression. And it was just like, I wanna be able when I get older to be doing something like this and to be able to transmit such joy and such love for something that is obviously such a shared thing for so many people and we're all united in this like i want to be able to do that when i grow older too i love that Absolutely. i think that's like the hook line and sinker you know and i feel like everyone that we've spoken to since we've um started this podcast has sort of had that moment at some point whether it was in childhood or whether you know they were older or you know like teens or whatever where uh -huh. just like that switch flipped and then it was like okay like i really want to do this uh -huh. and i think that's what you know carries you through adulthood because like we're all adults now like we all have our lives we have families we have a lot of other stuff yeah. going on but there's something that still sticks with us and that we still uh -huh. make this a priority and that's so important uh -huh. um you know just it's so critical to like the success of our groups that we're currently teaching or right. you know groups that we even perform with. Um, right. So what are you doing now, like in 2021 with Greek dance? Well, uh, in 2021, like not, not so much right, right. now. Not a lot, but it's been <laughs> on hold, but always in the back of my mind. Right. So it's like 
when um, I got married, my husband is from Sacramento. So I, um, when we first started dating, um, had kind of become aware of that community there. And they were in the midst of sort of a Greek dance revival there, you know, needing a little bit more um, experienced directors to come in and help. You know, the people that had been doing it for a long time had kind of retired and had done their thing. And it was time for a little bit of reinvigoration. So they asked like, will you come? direct here and I said sure like um at the time like I had just moved back um I went to college in Texas so kind of there's a couple years missing from my Greek dance resume mm -hmm. at that point but come back in the mix um so it was a good time and um it was an interesting thing to sort of reestablish yourself at a place like as as mm -hmm. more or less of an adult since I had done my thing in Modesto for a long time taught groups there and was very familiar with the process but just sort of reinvigorating and saying like, oh, maybe we should do these dances instead of the things that had always been done. Or have we thought about bringing in an external teacher, which hadn't been done in a long time. So it was fun to sort of build that with him and make those those connections. So I've been directing in Sacramento since 2010. Wow. Wild to say that out loud, but it's been a long time. <laughs> Um, coming off our last FDF in 2020, uh, the group that I teach with some great uh, co-directors won the Sweepstakes Division One. It's the first time that we have achieved that incredible achievement in our in our Sacramento community. So very proud of that. Um, and just trying to think about what Greek dance post-COVID looks like now in this world. Like, what are we going to be able to do? Because obviously, out here on the West Coast, we come from a different position where, like, we only know competition. So the FDF like season kind of dictates what we do. Like everybody's very involved from August to February, but after that, it always kinds of it always kind of falls off. So we haven't done been able to do anything really since FDF ended in 2020. It was over February 21st, and then we all mm -hmm. went into lockdown March 13th. So there was no time to really even celebrate that achievement. So now I think um, we're trying to think about what what it looks like now and and what we'll prepare for. If, if I think FDF is trying to think about what's happening in 2021. Yeah. I mean, 20, yeah, 2020. Yeah, can you tell us what winning sweepstakes means? Just because sure, I sure. definitely don't know. I'm sure people <laughs> listening know, but I would love to know. Great, so FDF is divided up into divisions. There's division one and division two, and within their, those divisions, there's um, an amount of categories, starting from little guys in primary to advanced junior, and then you have intermediate to advanced senior. So it's people that are adults, um, intermediates, kind of like middle school, high school. And then in the division two, it's, it's younger guys, younger groups, um, starting at age eight and then going up to probably like 13. So when you win sweepstakes, it means you're the overall winner and they pick um, a sweepstakes winner from both divisions. So there's one for division one and division two. And we were able to win that this past year, which is, wild to think about. I sometimes think I just dreamed it all up because, you know, you you go your whole life and you see groups that are advanced senior that are led by people like Vasily Kondos and Danny Stavaris and Dean of Dallas, who are big names out here on the West Coast that have just really, really redefined what it means to dance mm -hmm. in a setting like advanced senior, which is, um, you know, just supposedly the best of the best. It's like it's like the NFL of Greek dance at FTF. <laughs> we dance on Sunday, like that's the final. You get 15 minutes to dance. You just put it all out there and hope for the best. So they've done yeah. so many incredible shows. It's like when I was thinking about, cause this is only the second time our groups competed in this. It's like, gosh, are we really gonna be up for the challenge of preparing something like this? Do we have, do we really have what it takes? And so it was great to have that affirmation from from the FDF judges and and on our peers to know that we we did it. That's awesome. Thank you for explaining that. I feel like it. Yeah, of course. Because yeah, in my head, I'm like sweepstakes, like supermarket sweep. I'm like, that's not it. You know, I was well, like, kind what? Of. Like, what is, kind what? of. Yeah, it's like you big won winners, everything. Big winners. The big winners. No winners. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> and if you that. have any other clarifying questions, please ask. Because again, like this is the only environment that we know is this FDF the FDF world. So if anything doesn't make sense, please, I'm happy yeah. to explain. Thank you. It's so funny too that you said that like Greek dance sort of your cycle is like August through February. Whereas mm -hmm. I think like with the way Evan and I sort of grew up, it was like you would really ramp up in February because your festival was in May. Like you'd practice uh -huh. all year long, 
Um, but right. if you had like a May festival, like February was sort of your hot point or like we, in our adult group, we had a festival in September. So it was like, you had to get all your instruction done February through May because then people are leaving for Greece and then they're coming uh -huh. back right. and you have a few weeks to prepare for the festival, right. you know? Um, so it's just so interesting, the different cycles that, that people are kind of yeah, into. Yeah. And it's always like, how do we keep it going through the summer? And there's some directors that are at the church of St. Sophia Cathedral in Los Angeles. Nick and Eleni Manalelis, who would be great to speak to on the podcast, that they're doing this program called Kinonia, where they're sort of taking that summertime to do more of that informal instruction, like having mm -hmm. people that, in, that instruct throughout um, our diocese come and do symposiums through that. And they do an amazing glendy at the end of February. So I really admire the work that they're trying to do to sort of keep it going year round and really keep the interest going and share material and just create those connections. They're awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that, that raises kind of a, a topic that comes up a lot in conversations we have about like teaching kids dance for competition versus teaching kids dance just for the tradition's sake of it. So it's, right. I mean, you know, um, there's definitely people on all ends of the spectrum in this, this conversation and debate. Um, you know, I, and, you know, we certainly, we certainly know that there is a lot of good that comes from competition, but it's always a lot of the things that we hear people say um, continuously is balancing that notion of competition with teaching the kids, you know, foundationally, this is the traditions and not just, you know, this is how you compete, you know, uh -huh. giving them that full spectrum. So when you say that about how like the dance schedule is revolving around the competition it's like, okay, so how do we how do we inspire these kids to, you know, want to dance beyond that too? That's Not that I mean, I mean, because competition. I mean, the competition. I mean, we've we've talked to so many people who just said phenomenal things about FDF, HDF, and just the way it brings kids together, the way it's pushed the envelope on dance and the research, and really like diving into the traditions and being able to present such authentic things, but. At the end of the day, there's, you know, being able to express that dance in just that very organic, natural way is that's priceless, too. So and that is the challenge, because when you dance at FDF, that's what they want. Right. They want that natural, like organic, like from the Horyo. And it's like, how do you teach that to kids that have never been to the Horyo or don't even know what the Horyo is and have only ever danced here? Like, it's not even like we have great Glendies anywhere people can attend. It's like. And as a director, for me, like that has been the, the ultimate challenge is how do you create mm -hmm. that spirit and that expectation and that level yeah. of um, like, it's not dancing casually, but how do you create that of not, not like five, six, seven, eight, I need to turn here. I need to step here. I need to hug my neighbor here and put my arm like this on top. <laughs> you know, how do you create that confidence in yeah. dancing in like turn. you're an, an authentic person versus regurgitating steps like that is the Robot. ultimate challenge especially here when yeah. we really are so far removed from so much and you know like our community is not comprised of people that are super ethnically greek i would say you know like there's a lot of third fourth fifth generation kids that i mean i think in my group of 30 there's probably four that really speak greek fluently or even semi-fluently so it's like overcoming that and creating that has been hard but it's been a good challenge for me because that's ultimately what you want to see is people that believe in themselves and are so familiar with the music that they don't have to think about what happens yeah. next. It's just like, let me, let me do what, what my, my soul is telling me to do. Do you have a lot of kids that travel to Greece or is it not so prevalent in the group that like. It's a good question. And there's several that have gone to Ionian villages campers, but you know, there isn't a lot that have like, extended family that they go yeah. you know for the summer months and stay with yaya or Thea or Thea or whatever there isn't like a whole like a lot of that even my husband who is you know from the island of Zakythos and his family he's first generation like they didn't even grow up going every summer it was just kind of like when we could go we would go but and it's a similar vibe here like it's not like every summer people travel and go to Greece like everybody's really connected here because yeah. there's so many other things that kids are doing in the summertime, you know, trying to be competitive for college applications mm -hmm. and, and, and just finding the time to get away is not as much as difficult. I think oh, that yeah. dynamic Absolutely. really changes things like, because I feel like in our community here, we do have, I'd say a large 
portion of our kids do go back to Greece regularly with their families. Uh -huh. um, so they are getting a lot of that exposure. So I'd, I think it'd be an interesting kind of <laughs> comparison to make of communities that have that, where the kids right. are getting that exposure versus communities uh -huh. that don't. And then in the communities that don't, okay, well, how can we recreate that here in America? How can we give uh -huh. them that vibe where you go into this big square and everybody's just like one big family and they're all celebrating right. together and like you dance until your feet like just give out on you and i mean we kind of do that already sometimes but <laughs> right 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 but you know like but it there's, that there's, environment right mm -hmm. yeah there's there's just this vibe you get being in in the platea or you know wherever you are and it's just you know i don't know I don't know. It's so, yeah, it's so hard to define it until you're actually there and can be experiencing it, especially like as an individual, sure. But then when you're with your pareja, with your with your group or whatever, it's just like that that vibe and that connection. There's nothing like it in the world. Yeah. How are your festivals out there? Like, um, so the festival, what kind of threw me when I moved here was like in upstate New York, which not even like we were two and a half hours north of the city. So we're not even like all the festivals in the city are, are yeah. a little bit different too. Uh -huh. But anyway, um, we were dancing all the time at festivals, like not only just performances, but even after the performances, like everybody would get up and dance. Like the stage would be just uh -huh. filled with people dancing. Um, and then I moved here and that like wasn't a thing. Like the band would be playing and people weren't really getting up and dancing. And I was so confused. Um, right. What are they like in Modesto in your area? Sure. Modesto, Sacramento, I'd say it's a little bit, it's, it's similar, right? Like um, the Modesto has a, Modesto has a very unique festival where the kids are the ones that are dancing. Like they, there isn't like an open dance floor necessarily. In Sacramento, mm -hmm. there is, but more like you're saying, like people are not really getting up and engaging, you know, all the time. There may be one or two dances, like in the mm -hmm. beginning where everybody, after the groups perform, like everybody will do Galamatanoa together, but there isn't necessarily like an ongoing like dance party. Mm -hmm. which is disappointing. Like we have the opportunity to do it. Right. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's another thing we need to explore on this podcast. Oh, we should write this down. Like, Festivals. what is your festival like? <laughs> right. Define right. your festival wanna... experience. Exactly. Yes. In 30 seconds Hello, or less. listeners. <laughs> yes. Um, so when did, when, when did you start um, with competitions? What was, how old were you when you started going to competitions? Yeah, so five, like that first year, everybody was yeah, like, okay, like that. you're okay. new, like you're just going to the community. So <laughs> everybody's going to FDF and my parents were like, okay, like we'll, just, we'll go to FDF, sure. My sister wow. was, <laughs> I was five. I mean, that was division three. I wasn't competing, but it's just like going to go. And um, yeah. I think from there, I just kind of started and started. And I remember my first year competing, I was eight in a group and we weren't, um, we hadn't been dancing together very long. So it wasn't, I, I don't think that we did very well, but um, and everybody was like, okay, like, whatever, it's fine. And I remember being like, you guys, we have to win. Like, you may have come to have fun, but I came to win. <laughs> and my, so, like, we need to we need to figure this out. And my mom was like, um, you need to calm down. Like, this is, this is competitive Greek dancer. Like, I never thought that this is who I would be raising, but that's who she got. So, thanks, mom. Right, that's was, awesome. Did it sink there? in? Like, obviously, it sunk into you, but, like, I mean, how intimidating is that getting up on stage at that like young age or is it intimidating? Was it for you? I think for me less because I had been doing ballet for a really for a long time and had been in Nutcracker and things like that. So I was just kind of like, okay, great. Like another style like, that I'm going to learn and I get to be with my god sister and my cousin and just do the, do the thing together and um, less intimidating, but definitely healthy respect for what it represented, even at a young age. And then again, yeah. like seeing all the people that were older and really just d dancing, like, you know, it's like your soul is on the stage and you're watching this and just being like, wow, like, are we ever going to get there? Come on, guys. Like, let's, let's practice more. Like, let's do it together. Like, hold hands. Let's go. <laughs> I feel like we need and to right? come to dance yeah. practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am about it. Um, and I just, I'm very fortunate to have some very, um, loving directors from a very early age that were so great at not just teaching dancing but teaching how to dance together right as, as a group yeah. and like knowing that every part of the circle has a performance or an important job to do like just because the leader's doing one thing like if you're not paying attention in the middle like the circle is going to go over and if you're not paying attention at the end like you're not going to have a circle you're going to have a triangle or a squiggly <laughs> line like and just so it, it was so great to have that formative like experience and um 
just to see what teaching was like at an, at an early point, because it's like, you can go your whole life and be an amazing Greek dancer. But when it comes to teaching your own group, you have to look at something through such a different lens. Like, okay, I've been doing Stathidia my whole life, but how do I break it down so somebody that's not familiar can understand it? The slow music, this heavy footstep, like how am I really going to teach that to somebody else? And it's not just watch my feet and listen to the count. Like you really have to instill that that totality of Greek dance. I'm going to go back to Mistina's statement about learning it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard, I think, for people to make that kind of transition from dancer to teacher. But when you've had great teachers your whole life, it makes it a lot easier because you know what this should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Was there a, a year or a performance or something that you saw that really stuck out, that stands out in your memory? Oh, this is my, a great question. Thank you for asking it. I went to, when I was living in Texas, going to college, I wasn't necess- I wasn't involved in a group because I was far away from home and um, went to, was in a town where there wasn't a Greek community. It was in College Station, Texas. Shout out to the Aggies. Um, but I would still go to symposiums because I didn't want to lose that connection. So I would call my sister who was living at home and say, we're going to go to Kudomia. We're going to go to Lagofia in Canada. And she was like, okay, like, why? And I was like, because it's going to be a great time. We're going to learn so much and it's going to be awesome. Okay. Okay. Lindsay, we'll go. So it was one of those that I was first exposed to the dances of from Luki, um, from Mr. Achilles Tsiaras. And I thought to myself, if I ever teach a group again, this is what I'm going to do. Like it, immediately the first time the Zurna played and I heard it, I was like hooked. Like it really touched something in my soul. And I was like, this is it for me. Um, and I always kept that in the back of my mind. Like, I am going to teach this to a group at some point. And at the time, it was like, nobody had ever done Rumuki. It's, it's really hard. They didn't even do it in Greece. So when I came back to Sacramento and started teaching a group again, I was like, this is what we're going to do. And everybody was like, this doesn't sound like music. This sounds like aliens. Like, what is this <laughs> instrument? Like, I don't know. Uh, sorry. And I was like, well, we're going to try it. And it took a while to get the buy-in. But mm-hmm. um I called Achillea and I said, uh, you don't know me. You don't remember me. There's a bunch of people there, but I want to start teaching this to my group. And he was like, where, where are you living? And I was like, California in the United States. And he was so thrilled that there was somebody outside of Greece that was interested in taking on this enormous body of work. Like the, the learning curve for dances like this is really mm-hmm. steep because it's just so unique. Yeah. And he was so thrilled that he just could not have been more supportive or more helpful about like, here's some music, here's this, here's videos, here's this, and sharing the resources. And then um, we started a relationship that way and was able to bring him out to teach us here in Sacramento. And um, I just have so much respect for the way he teaches and the way he approaches everything. He's the world's most wonderful person. He and his wife came and I remember asking him, like he just stepped off the plane ready to teach. And I was like, aren't you nervous? Like to just like come here, you don't even know me. Like I'm a total stranger and you're just like coming here to teach me the dances and the traditions and songs from your village. And he was like, no, because if somebody wants to learn, I'm going to come teach them. And he's just, it's been great. It's it's so funny how somebody can step off the plane, a stranger, but then they become part of your family um, instantly. And you're bonded over something just like dance. I don't speak Greek fluently. He only speaks Greek, but we were able to communicate just through all that. So it was awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like Greek dance is like a vehicle for things to happen that in outside of the Greek dance world would be very strange or very weird happenings. You know what I mean? Yes. But under the umbrella of Greek dance, it's like these connections are just totally mm-hmm. forged. And like kudos to him for being like, you wanted to learn and I'm going to come and teach you. Because imagine if yep. he hadn't, you know, that's right. like he probably feels such an honor to be able to teach someone who's going to continue the, the dances that are part of like his dance culture, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And I, just, I think it's just so cool. And I, I think it's just so great too, how like, it's not weird because it's Greek dance. Like it would be exactly. weird maybe any other thing, <laughs> but because it's Greek dance, it's not right. weird. It's like, all right, right. come on. I'm all, right. I'm always trying to explain that to my, my non-Greek friends who are like, oh, you spend so much of your time doing, I don't understand. And it's one of those things, like, unless you're in it and living it, like it's so hard to explain. But people mm-hmm. that, you know, have never met me, like you and Evan that live in D.C. are like, yes, we get it. Like, we understand. Like, that's awesome, which just makes my heart so full. Yeah. It really is. It's such a natural connection. Like, you don't have to, ex- you don't have to explain the crazy, like, 
oh yeah, we go to parties and we stay up till five in the morning right. dancing in the lobby of a hotel because, you know, <laughs> that's what the cool kids do. Like, we can! Mm -hmm. anyway. Right, <laughs> um, exactly. It's just, you know, it, like anything less than that would be like, wait, you don't do that? <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, what do you guys so, do instead? That sounds so boring, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so you just kind of like sit around the bar all night and do what? <laughs> uh -huh. you, you don't dance to the music? Um, yeah. How odd. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so you touched on Runoki. Um, so I'm going to jump right into it. Do you yeah. have a favorite region of Greece or favorite dance? Um, what, what do you love the most? What moves you the most? Yeah, that's a great question too. And I think it definitely has to be Rumuki. Um, I always tell Achillea, like, I'm not a Rumuki Orisal in my blood, but in my head, in my heart, like, that's who I am. I, I love it so much. And I think it's just um, such a special place, such a unique and stunning way of dancing and putting putting it out there to the world and one of the oldest. So mm -hmm. I think it's just really amazing. But on the other side, I really love the dances from Heels. My great, great mm. uncle was a bishop there for a long time. And um, I married my husband in Heels and Hora. And we were able to dance at our wedding with the local group there, which was really cool. I brought my Hyoti costume and put it on after during our reception um, and surprised everybody. So it was really um, kind of a wild memory to think about how long ago that was, but so special. Like, I'll never forget, like, being like, this is what I have like wanted my whole life mm -hmm. is to be able to come here and do this. And I mean, again, like these people in this group had never met me, but we were dancing the bottles together. And it was just like such a, um, it took no rehearsal, no anything. It was just like jump in the line. And it was incredible to be able to match that and be able to know what they were doing, even though like I've never been in this group before and they'll never see me again, but just that time, I'll never forget it. And so grateful that they were able to come do that and share that experience. It was so cool. So Rumuki and Enhios are my two heartbeat regions. That's okay. so cool. And you couldn't find two that are too different. So right. that. <laughs> it's like yeah, right and left side of the brain. Exactly. <laughs> no commonality, except that they're all from the same country, which, right. you know, speaks to how cool Greece is at the end of the day. Like you've got all right. these amazing things that are so different, but really yeah. comprise such a cool culture. I love hearing yeah. people's reaction to the Zurna and how like oh. much it just like, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, there are people who are like, mm, no, no, no. But then, like, the people <laughs> that's that not it, music. Uh -huh. The people that it grabs, it just like it like wraps your like hands, it wraps hands around you and just like holds on to you. And, like you're like, right. all right, I'm done. I'm yours. Take me. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and that's me. Like I'll never be able I to understand surrender. how you can coax melody out of a small piece of wood with four holes. Like I don't know how that's possible, but they do it. Like, yeah, I don't want the clanino, I don't want anything else. Give me the Zorna. That makes me go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we bought a few. Didn't we have a few Zornas? Right. Do, and I own, we have two. I have two in my closet that yeah. I need to read. Oh my gosh, but. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Play I they're really play play at all. <laughs> <laughs> they're so difficult. And I grew up playing clarinets. Like, I obviously, clarinet is a single read. You know, this is a double read, but like, I was like, okay, I know how to like do this. And I tried to play it and I was like, it sounded like there was some animal that was just being tortured. Right. I was like, okay. Right. We're not going <laughs> to. Definitely not as easy work. as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, the music, this is something that like we talk about a lot too. Like the, the importance of the music with dance is just tremendous. So when the music speaks to you like that, I mean, you really can't, you really can't achieve that level of dance right. when you don't feel the music like entering your soul. And we right. talked about this last week about how like, like when the music hits you like that, it's almost like you're possessed. And it's just like right. the music mm -hmm. is like, like you're a puppet and the, and the music is your puppeteer. And it's just like pulling at the strings and moving you and like it's an out of body experience. So it's like, it's so accurate, mm -hmm. you know, like you have from so from that perspective like you've experienced that you heard the zurna and it moved you like that uh -huh. Uh -huh. and then there's that whole like you said before like transitioning from dancer to teacher how do you make how do you create that experience for your students because i mean i know us the way we like we feel so passionate about areas and we're like we just want you to love it too <laughs> <laughs> why uh -huh. don't you love it uh -huh. so it's like 
how do you create that moment where you can be like, see, this is why it's so awesome. This is why you right. should love it. Right. It's such a challenge. And that's, I mean, it took a long time, especially with the group that I was working with. I mean, it's taken us, we've, we started doing what I'm looking for years ago and just now have like reached that, I think like synergy of performance, right? Where it's all like, everything's clicking together. And it's really, I mean, I think at the beginning, I just said, look, like, this is going to be hard. This is going to be really different. But I promise if you just open up your mind a little bit to know this is not going to be kritika, it's not going to be creation that you're used to. It's not going to be upbeat and fast. You're really going to have to challenge yourself. And I'm gonna give you a lot of opportunity to, to do that. We're gonna hear a lot of music. We're gonna watch a lot of videos. So a lot of the practices were just like watching um, yeah. things that uh, Kirohile would send us to see and listen to the songs. And you know, I said, beginning like, this is going to be new for, for all of us. This is something that I, I really love and I really want to share that with you. So luckily I had a group that was like, all right, Lindsay, we'll listen to this for a little bit <laughs> and we'll try it out. And, you know, Rumuki has this very special tradition called Rugatia, which they have um, every Christmas, they do an ethimo with a bunch of swords. So of course, like when you're teaching mm -hmm. dances to high school boys and you give them a sword, they're going to kind of like really naturally be like, okay, <laughs> sure. Like, we'll, we'll give this a shot. Um, so luckily there was that hook, but then after that, we just, they got more and more exposed and um, we're kind of clicking together as a group, like really dancing and finding that energy together. So I think it was just like the perfect, all things came at one time. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Have you, were you able to have um, a live Zuna player at all during your practices yes. or has it all been recorded? Not, okay. mm, so what we practiced two recordings and then we would bring them two weeks before FDF. So we were able to um, have extended time with them, but um, yeah, otherwise it would have been really wild, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so what you said about, you know, you're, you've been doing this for four years, uh -huh. that's like huge you know what i mean uh -huh. like we we think about you know our group and, and we teach from sort of all over greece and then you know we'll kind of settle on things but like the fact that your group has been immersed in this for four years like that's how you get to a level of excellence right you know right. and it's, such it's so a different... hard though to keep doing that like to keep the attention span yeah. was so hard and it was like the second year they're like we've already done this like we're masters because that's how it that's how it like the the vibe is that like you're, you're going to master something after, you know, you perform it one time at FDF or something. And it's like, really like you guys, like you need to realize like you're at the tip of the iceberg here. Like mm -hmm. we've started the foundation, but there, we have a long ways to go to really start dancing the way that we need to, to really give the respect to this place that has such a long and storied history. So it's just like really trying to keep reiterating that, like we still have work to do. Like you're not a master at this style, like and you won't be for a long time. So let's just keep doing it and keep doing it and um, throwing new melody out there to go with the same, yeah. you know, step foundation. But just like, that's that's really hard because especially with today's kids, I find like there, there's very little patience for the practice of dance, right? Like we want instant gratification. We've done this, we've learned this, let's move on to something else something that's a little bit more exciting. So like just having to keep bringing it back to, we're not there yet, we still have some more to do. Like, let's do this. And like, look, oh, look, Yanni, your step is still not accurate. So you're not ready to keep going. Like, let's try something else. Let's go back to this. Um, and for me, it's like setting setting the expectation that we are all going to be dancing together this whole time. So it doesn't matter if you're in the front and you've got the solo and you're doing this, the person next to you is going to be supporting you. So he needs to know the step as well as you do. And the person next to him needs mm -hmm. to keep the rhythm so he can support. And it's just like this whole chain of dance. And I like keep reiterating that. And so the fact that the group, you know, is able to perform that way, I think is because they really worked hard at making sure everybody around them is successful and everybody around them is familiar and really keeping that synergy going from person to person and not really yeah. putting it out there like unless you bounce on step one you're wrong i mean like really mm -hmm. teaching the different ways that you can interpret that melody the different ways because not everybody in a village dances the same it's not realistic to think like that mm -hmm. and i think there's this perception that unless you're dancing perfectly every time you're not right and so I'm saying, you know, I said, you know, we're all going to put our own spin on this. This is the the foundation of how this should look, but feel free to bring your own spirit into what we're doing too. 
because I don't want everybody to look cookie cutter. Like the beauty mm -hmm. of this dancing and the beauty of dancing in a line, the beauty of dancing with people that are your friends and cousins and relatives and body is that we're all bringing an individual energy to something that is going to be explosive when we all do it together. So you need to bring your own spark to what this fire is going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy you say that because that is like, that's, that's always my soapbox. I'm like, we talk about dance and like, this is the right way to do it. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always very opinionated in that, that, you know, there's, a, there's a way that, you know, Yanni does it in the village. There's a way that Yorgo does it in the village. Right. And, you know, maybe Yanni at 22 years old did it this way, but at 38 years old, he changed his step a little bit. Does huh? it mean that any one of those ways is wrong? No. No. Mm -hmm. As long as, you know, I mean, if, if they're foundationally within the step or the dance, no, because dance is an expression and it reflects the different points of our lives. It reflects our familial status. It reflects, you know, the interrelations in, in the village life. I mean, so much so much had an impact on what dances. Mm -hmm. So to take a snapshot and say that this is the only way that we do this dance, to me, like that statement upsets me a lot. So me too. You know, I feel like that's a very slippery slope for people to go down and say like, you're doing it all wrong. Mm -hmm. Right, well, right. Maybe not, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. like, and, and regardless of dance, whether, you know, I mean, this is a traditional dance form. It's very historical. Um, but it is still an expression and it's not something I don't think at any point our ancestors said, do not change anything. Keep it exactly the way we said to do it. And that's it. You know, like, again, it's, it's a living thing. It's a form uh -huh. of communication. So uh -huh. like, and that to me is what I try to really, really like push home with my kids. I'm like, when I'm teaching you, I'm going to give you the foundation. Right. But I'm going to tell you that, you know, there's an opportunity for you to put your twist on it here. There's an opportunity for you to express yourself here. I want, you know, I want to push you to explore that. What feels, yeah. what is the music telling you to do right now? What, what is your heart telling you to do right now? Retweet, telling, retweet, yes. Right? <laughs> you know, like if your heart's telling you, I feel like I should be spinning right now, then spin, give it a uh -huh. shot. Yes. You know, like. The only thing I tell them is like, okay, if you're dancing from Crete and you're dancing from like the village of Hanya, you have to understand that it's a more, their focus is more so on, you know, fancy footwork, not high kicks right. versus, you know, other areas of Crete where they're going to want to do the high kicks. So in that regard, okay, we want to be somewhat accurate to the traditions, okay. but it doesn't mean that, you know, if you have the urge to flare kick your foot up, you know, Am I going to slap you across the face and say, how dare you? <laughs> yes. So yes. I, I appreciate you saying that very much because yes. that really, that hits home for me as a, you know, like everybody needs to understand, like find their voice and dance. Right. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you're saying that so much because it's like tradition, dance is such a living, breathing thing. And I think sometimes the perception is unless you're absolutely perfect, don't even try it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, really, what's perfection? Let's define what's right. And I'm so grateful because FDF has this an amazing judging panel, right? Adi's one um, mm -hmm. that you've talked to and yeah. Yvonne has been one in the past. And it's like people like that, that have so much more expertise than me. Like I'm just a lowly director, but I've learned from them and really idolize the work that they do. And they really put that into perspective and to practice too. Like when they're teaching their groups, it's like, this is this, and that's why there's so many different perceptions on how something can be necessarily quote unquote judge, right? You're materially mm -hmm. presenting, but there's so many different takes on what that can look like. And I remember speaking to um, Mr. Larry Halfhill, who's a great mentor of mine, who's done incredible research. And he said, advanced senior, are you sure? You really gotta be perfect. <laughs> and I said, well, Larry, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Perfect, what is yikes. Perfect? And he said, be the village. And I said, yeah. okay. There we go. I will be the village. Well, yeah, <laughs> no like, problem. Casual, easy, check. Great. <laughs> done. It's already done, Larry. It's already done. No problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're basically saying like perfection is authenticity. Yes. It's not That's perfection it, in, in the sense. Mm -hmm. We're not talking perfection in the sense that everybody's foot is perfectly synchronized with everybody else and it is doing exactly 
the way it was taught. No, per perfection is authenticity to the village, but also authenticity to yourself. Yes, I love that so much, so much. Yeah, I think that's why it's so, I struggle when people try to choreograph like solos. I can yeah. see a reason for that, like making sure it fits with the style and like, you know, the timing is right and all that stuff. But you can tell someone like, okay, you should try to, I'm thinking like in my head of, you know, Crete and stuff, like, okay, I want you right. to do like two kicks and then a spin into another kick. But how that then is transcribed and translated by the individual is appropriate because it is authentic to that person. And it's, it's how it's coming out of their body. Like uh -huh. today we were teaching the kids, um, bondos and I say we, but really Evan was teaching and it's very hard for them. They're young and right. like you have to let go of your body and things start jiggling. Right. And yeah. like, just wait until you get into your thirties, kids, things jiggle <laughs> even more, you know, but yes. like, mm -hmm. right, exactly. It just happens, you know? Um, but they were like really struggling, rightfully so, because it's not a region that our group has really done a whole lot. So, and poor Ev was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're really going to do this. I had him put on um, a 50 cent song. There you go. And I, I was like, it. find the rhythm, you know, cause it's, you can make, trust me, anyone who's listening, find the clean version, put on 50 cent candy shop. Okay, uh -huh. that's one example, but you can literally find the rhythm. And then they did the step and then they were like, they got it. They're like starting to move their, you know, bounce their knees a little bit. And yes. I was like, are you feeling it now? But like, it's hard for them because that music that we were using when we were teaching, which is a great song, is not authentic to them. It's, a, it's not, right. they don't have a connection yet to Pondos as like a culture or a subculture right. within Greece. So, you know, we threw on Candy Shop and I think they thought we were cuckoo to yep. whatever but then they were like <laughs> they oh, loved wait. It. Mm -hmm. they did and then they asked you know it's a song from the 90s i was like no it's 2000s okay right like they, it, they didn't even know it i was like Don't oh man me. i feel really mm -hmm. old right mm -hmm. but it's just making that connection and I, I think what's so important about greek dance and i i love um like your sentiment and your how you teach is that it is just so important to connect to that culture you know like what you said earlier, like Greece is not, it's like heterogeneous, right? It's, it's all different. There's all different mm -hmm. types and threads of culture within Greece. Um, but it all comes together to form Greece. So you just have to be right. able to hold on to something and express right. it, you know? Right. Um, right. And understand the power that we have as a diaspora mm -hmm. to, to respect that and to bring it in and to cultivate that next generation. I mean, like you're speaking about when you're teaching little kids, I mean, it's like, okay, we're going to do a solo. This is probably the first time you've ever danced by yourself, like outside right. of a line or maybe ever in front of a group of people. So don't be afraid. Like you're really just trying to teach the confidence and you may be instructing them. Okay. Like, here's how you can do a turn. Here's how you can do a kick, but it's never like on step five, turn here, turn around right. here on step six, you know, like not the prescribed thing, like coming at it a little bit more organically, I think just like benefits everybody so much more in the long run. And that's easy to yeah. say, like when you've been doing it for a long time, but for directors that are starting out, I mean, I think it's really intimidating to think about, like I have mm -hmm. to teach a group of people X, Y, and Z to dance for 10 minutes unassisted on a stage without me. What? Um, and it's just like, I think the, if you set the foundation early on and you're just not just teaching like one single solo, but everybody's learning it. So when it's their turn, like to do this, you know, like there, there's this really like great sentiment that's coming through like um, feedback from the FDF judges, like Ansarota always says, like we need to cultivate leaders because like you never understand, like what if somebody leaves or doesn't want to dance anymore? And then like your star is gone. And then what do you do? Like we need to cultivate that throughout the line. Like everybody needs to have their chance to, to figure it out and experience and learn organically and just like get that confidence within them. Um, mm -hmm. So that's been really great that they're doing that because of course, like there's people that are more skilled than others. Like, you know, of course. some people are scientists. I'm a marketer. I can't do math to save my life. Don't ask me to please, or it'll all be wrong. But, you know, we've all got skills. Some people are better at, you know, projecting themselves through dance, but that doesn't mean that somebody else can't learn. So mm -hmm. we can't be dependent on just those naturally skilled people and just really cultivating that throughout, I think is really beneficial. Yeah. And I think it's beneficial for the long run in, in careers too, you know, um, oh, yeah. like you don't have to be the best 
in your career to, to go far. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, some of the best leaders are, are the clumsiest ones, but they Uh know their, they know their strengths, but more Mm -hmm. so they know their weaknesses and they utilize people to support them in their leadership. And you can, you can mirror that to a dance group. You know what I mean? Like the best leader in the line knows that his or her left-hand person, that person right next to them is keeping them on track. So when they go out and do something fancy and crazy and, you know, whatever, and they're putting all of you. Exactly. They don't need to worry about when they back that truck up and they get back into line that they have to worry about like how to get back on that person next to them is like, I'm going to show you, Uh you know? Yeah. And I love that. Like when you dance from a Mookie, like, um, the position of the first leader is, is really important, but also the person who dances next to them, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship. So like what they're doing, you need to like anticipate it and be able to support. So I had asked my, um, the people that were leading in dance, the dances for us, like you're going to pick the person that dances next to you. I'm not going to like try to force this, like go with who you feel has got you and knows what you can do. And y'all take your own time and go learn and like do it together. So that's when you're watching. It's like, wow, like you guys did that on your own. Like you're, you're taking this and you're vibing off each other. And like, you've done that together. Like I didn't tell you to do this. Like you have figured this out and it just looks so beautiful when they're dancing together. I love it so much. Yeah. Cause it's organic. It's like that organic connection that is growing. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, not only are people learning about Greek dance on this podcast, but life and career lessons <laughs> on yes. this podcast. You may be in front, but you episode. need a great line of people to support you and your group will never let you down. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Life lesson 101. Uh, <laughs> Everything I ever need to learn, I learned in Greek dance. Oh my gosh. Let's write a book. That's next. Right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I- We've established that, you know, dating, just go to the conferences, go to the competitions, okay. you'll meet the love of your life, shared interests. I did though. I did right? meet my husband at FDF, okay. truly. Like we so were 13 and I was like, Steve, hi. <laughs> I'm Lindsay from Modesto. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. And then we, and we became, you know, friends through FDF. And then I moved away and came back. We were at a wedding and the rest is history. Okay. Two kids later. That's so, so yes, go to the conferences, dance in the line. You may meet your husband or your wife. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Life lesson number two. Right. There you go. <laughs> we're just we're just dropping wisdom everywhere. Uh, so we've talked about your favorite. Um, now we need to know um, what is your what region do you struggle with most? What region just maybe doesn't do it quite like others for you? Uh-huh. Um, what would that be for you? Oh gosh, I hate to disappoint people when I say this, but it's definitely <laughs> the Vlachica. I just cannot, um, and it's not a specific <laughs> region. It's like that tribe of people. Like I, my mind just cannot go there. Maybe it's the Cladino. Maybe I have a mental block against it. But and just like uh, I would rather okay. do anything but this. <laughs> it's not anything. a disappointment. You're okay. Anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, some I mean, people are like really loving, you know, like that really gets them going. Well, so I don't want to disrespect anybody, but for me, yes. it ain't it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with that earlier on for me. Um, when I first was, when I first heard it, I was like, hmm, I don't know what this is. And I don't mm-hmm. think I want to know. Um, but then <laughs> I, when, when we, we, we had um, the opportunity to study with um, Costas Mitzis. And that oh, he of, was in my wedding. <laughs> We love Costa. Mm-hmm. That was the moment for me that really turned it around because he explained it to me and he taught it in a way that just, it opened my eyes to how rich the history is and Truly. also mm-hmm. how challenged the history is. Um, Truly. So that turned my perspective around, but I certainly right. can relate to that because I was, for the longest time, I was like, eh, mm-hmm. I don't know what this stuff is. Right. Right. Yeah. What is it? I know. Really. Yeah. So. And I think I think Costa to echo you. I I think Costa did it for us. Yeah. Because I think it 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 put a face to it, kind of. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the power of like learning from somebody who's so passionate and living and breathing what they're teaching. It's like you can't help but follow along because you're like. I am buying what you're selling because this is great. Like if I had just seen a YouTube video of this, I'd be like, pass. But 
the fact that you're in here and you've got the costume and you've got the song and you've got everything all together and you're painting this incredible picture of this this people that have been through so much you're like okay yeah me too i'm here i'll do yeah. it yeah yeah no, it really just it, it changes your perspective when you it's i mean it's almost like the tactile experience you mm -hmm. when you when you can like really see up close and personal somebody's passion for it uh -huh. um it's just like okay hold on maybe i didn't give this enough of a look because like if they love it so much maybe i should you know be trying this out a little bit more and, you know, Gosa is definitely somebody who has so much passion for what he does. So mm -hmm. he yes. certainly has that ability to move. <laughs> I mean, you yes. could be looking at him like, I don't like what you're playing, but you're playing it so good. And uh -huh. all right. Okay. Now Sign I'm starting to like it. <laughs> uh -huh. Right. I, I mean, in his band, I mean, it's just that whole, I mean, we've had so many awesome experiences with him and his guys. So yeah. he's definitely... So important when you have the budget to support this to be able to bring the people from yeah. Greece here because it's mm -hmm. like when you're trying to cultivate this spirit of authenticity, how do you do that when you're learning from somebody who is not authentic themselves? I mean, like I love Rumuki, but there's only so much I can take from it, you know, and teach everybody mm -hmm. else. Like when you see Achillea mm -hmm. come and do it, it's so different. Like when you're learning from somebody who embodies what you're trying to teach, it's like it makes everything so easy and it can be hard to reach out and say like i'm i'm new at this like can you can you help me i i like i like what you're doing can yeah. is there anything you'd like to share and i think some people are are more um able to do that than others potentially but you always have to be unafraid to ask and then like you you'll be amazed at what you can get back especially from these people that you just like idolize you're like wow you're an expert you're famous you're on a lot of these yeast like you're not gonna have time <laughs> to talk to me but then they'll be like sure like call me like let's do whatsapp or like whatever on facebook and i'll give you whatever you want to know like it's amazing to feel those kind of relationships cultivating just from an initial facebook message or text mm -hmm. or email or or whatever the channel may be but how excited everybody is there to get their stuff expanded yeah. because like there's regions like as we know that get no exposure and are, are you know almost dying out because nobody's picking up that mantle of tradition to carry it on so I think ultimately for these researchers and these teachers that are really trying to further that, the further out it can get from Greece, the better, because it's mm -hmm. just being cultivated by another group of people that will continue it. Because like yeah. the worst thing that can happen to the tradition is it, it goes away. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy when you think about like who holds the kind of keys to some of these traditions yes. and it's mm -hmm. such few people. Um, and I think there's a resurgence. I think like a, a podcast that we have coming out this week, um, you know, is with a musicologist who studied music from Epiros. And it's like people like that are leading and supporting the resurgence. And that's so important. But truly, and I think I think Evan completely agrees with this. If we didn't have FDF and HDF, I don't think dance would be progressing where it is. Yeah. now in the US because it gives something beyond a festival, right, to work towards that has an outcome that people are interested in achieving, right? Whether it's, you know, going to win um, or just going to participate. If we didn't have that here, like the landscape of dance in the US, I think would be so different. It'd be so different. Yeah, you know? it, it pushes everyone to keep doing more, to keep learning more instead of just, you know, Oh, the, you know, the, the Americans love seeing Cretan. So let's just do Cretan every year at the festival. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. okay. We're not going to go to competition and do Cretan every year because everybody's going to go to competition and do Cretan every year. So it really has pushed the conversation. Yeah. I uh -huh. definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think everybody who's dancing or teaching has that sort of innate responsibility to you know say like we're cultivating tradition here it's not just a series of steps like this means something and it means something to somebody other than yaya or papu over there that just like love to watch you dance like this should yeah. mean something to you too and i always ask my groups at the beginning of every year like what's your goal for the year like what are you what are you doing like is it just to win a medal is it and a lot of them will say that because of course mm -hmm. when a very competition oriented place but mm -hmm. some of them will be like I, I i just want to learn i just want to be i want to expose myself to as much as possible which i think is a really mature thing for somebody in high school to say and so for those that are yeah. doing that it's like i'm going to hone in on you and give you the most research and the most material you can handle because like if you've got that spark like i want to cultivate that 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so you talked a little bit about um, your wedding in Hios and kind of <sighs> incorporating those traditions or traditions from the island into your wedding. What other mm-hmm. traditions are things that you love about Greek dance or that you sort of incorporate um, into your work? Yeah, I think like ultimately it's just the fact that it brings so many people together from so many different places. I mean, like I'm from California when I went to Bethesda, it was like, let me just join the line and like dance next to whoever. And it's like, you yeah. welcome the person that's dancing next to you. you, don't know them, but you're creating energy together just based on the music and the steps. And I think that that's really, really awesome. I loved um, getting to do those things for my wedding and taking in those, those um, regional traditions. I love being able to teach something like Lugatia from Luki and continue that on for another generation. I mean, it's been going on for 1200 years. So the wow. fact that you can take such a longstanding and emotional tradition and evoke that spirit within a group of people that is so far away, I think is a powerful, really powerful thing. And if you approach that with a healthy level of respect, it just has created, um, memories amongst my dancers that they'll never forget ever like we bought swords to do the performance Mm -hmm. and then after one of my dancers who I never thought really like was really cluing into all this messaged Achille in Greece on Facebook by himself via Google Translate and said I want to buy swords for everybody so we can have our own in our homes to keep as a memory of what we were able to accomplish and he told me that like months later and I was like oh my gosh this is so sweet this is this is this is amazing. Like I never would have anticipated that it would have created such like a lasting impression for them, but it mm-hmm. did. And so things like that, that we're able to just take through time and space and connect people to these things that have been going on for so long. Like probably those people that were starting to go all those years ago, never could have imagined that right. it would be taking place <laughs> in a whole other continent with a whole group of people. But like, here we are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer, like this is going to get a little weird, but I'm a firm believer that what we do here in uh-huh. Greek dancing is seen by the people who it came from. And oh, I know I that, that so like, much. I'm no, a that's firm... not weird at all. Yeah. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. You don't think it's weird. <laughs> like not like invoking no. spirits, I promise. But no, I do really believe. Connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe it. Like even just thinking about like, you know, Panagides in Greece and like, you know, you're at the church and just like who has been there before you, you know, who was there, who's there. I just think that when you are doing things like people who had that investment when they were here on this earth, when they were, you know, earth side, and now, you know, they're, um, you know, heaven based or whatever, see it. I truly do believe that. I think there's sort of no other way to describe why dance is so out of body at yeah. times. Cause you almost enter like a different space, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just a Maria ism. <laughs> I think that is so beautiful. And I think that that needs to be up on the, on the hall on the wall. We need to get a quote like that because <laughs> I I think that's so powerful because it's generational thing. And like my grandparents, like I never was able to meet my papu, but was he a dancer? I don't know. It had to come from somewhere. So maybe it was, Mm -hmm. and it's something like I can think about maybe sharing that with him. And, you know, my yaya was never happier than when my sister and I, she could see us in our costumes and dancing. It just was like lit something up in her and she was not a dancer either. She never danced with us, but you just think about who came before you and honoring Mm -hmm. that. And even if it's somebody that you didn't necessarily know, the culture has existed for so long and has been Mm -hmm. through so much that in your own way, just even suiting up to get in the line, you're doing your own part to keep it going. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And we're recording this a few days before March 25th, which obviously, you know, with the 200th anniversary, um, it's, it's so important. It is so important to hold on to this and to continue this. And I think the way you're teaching, um, your students are definitely blessed that they have someone who's so engaged as an instructor and so driven for them to find like their own self and their own, you know, self-awareness through dance. That's, that's huge. It's absolutely critical and so important. So I'm really lucky to come from a team of directors, Evie, Dimitra, George, Katina, Nana, if you're listening, shout out to the team that we've put together because we're all of a similar mindset, right? Because it's like, you've got the younger ones and then like you've got the middle school ones and then you've got the adults. So how do you set up like a hierarchy for them to climb up to and to Mm -hmm. aspire to and to know like when I get to this group, I'm going to do this, but the ethos of it is the same. Like we're all going to be teaching from that 
spirit of doing your best and your spirit of doing and being your authentic self within the dance, no matter what region or dance you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, Very fortunate to be from a a like-minded team. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I feel like your spirit and your energy is so great. Um, So hopefully we'll cross paths someday. I know um, Evan and I are definitely going to FDF next year. Um, It's like already on my calendar. Um, We're trying to get out to Arizona for the Psyche weekend. Oh, um, awesome. In June, just you know, have to figure all that out. But um, thank you so much for joining us. This was amazing. And if you all liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and we will be back with more Sir Thus.